Hi everybody, welcome to the NMC Watch podcast. Thanks for listening. All of our guests have had a variety of experiences when they've been referred to their regulator, such as the Nursing and Midwifery Council. They've gone through a fitness to practice investigation and often a local employment investigation as well. Some of those experiences have been very positive, but some not so positive. And we hope to give them a safe space in which to discuss those further. Some of our guests will express opinions that we don't agree with. That's fine. They're welcome to share those opinions and hopefully it will create some debate. But although we may not share their opinions, we offer them a safe space in which to discuss how it felt to be referred, how they got through it and how life is now they've got through the other side. Morning. Hi, Kenny. Thanks for joining us. Very good, thank you. So, just as an introduction, thanks for joining us. Um, Kenny tells us that he was born into an Irish immigrant community in London, growing up on a council estate where he says selling stolen goods was a legitimate career choice. He was in foster care until he was about eight, served in the British military for seven years, and has worked in drug and alcohol field in the drug and alcohol field in various roles since 1993. A few years ago, Kenny contacted me during his restoration hearing following a strike-off five years previously. Since then, Kenny has been an active member of NMC Watch, is now our safeguarding lead and has completed his first revalidation since being restored to the register and his career is going from strength to strength. So thanks for joining us, Kenny. Can you just give the listeners a little bit of a background to uh, what led you to being struck off the register? please. Um, well, as you mentioned, but I mean, I, I don't know if you alluded to the fact just that I am in recovery. I haven't had a drink now for many, many years. And basically, I was struck off as a result of a number of things. Um, taking my ball, you know, you know what it's like, Catherine, when, when the NMC have you come in front of them, <clears throat> the investigation goes so wide, it picks up lots and lots of other little stuff. And, there are a number of things from work, nothing too serious, but the main ones was I had a fight. I had a fight in the pub, for which I got arrested. It was on the day that my mum, or the day after, I think my mum, and my mum was dying, and I'd just gone to see her for the last time. I knew that was the last time I see her, and I went out, and uh, we had a fight. I had a fight that night, and that's it then. And really, between then and the referral, and the time I got to the NMC, I kind of really lost interest. I yeah. put between being referred and going to the NMC, there were a number of things that happened that the NMC also got to know about. Like, I didn't really care about what I posted on Facebook. I was in the army at the time, and I posted a number of things about, about being in the army. And, and the country allowing me to go to war, but not but holding me to task for having a fight in the pub. And now that was quite... Um, hypocritical but anyway yeah the person who referred me then referred everything that happened between referral and the hearing so by the time i got to the hearing it didn't look great but that's not unusual to me that's what it's like for everybody i'm sure you know um but yeah and then i went like you said uh, after a five-year period i got a number of jobs i trained as an electrician I got a job as a bus driver and I managed to get myself through those five years and in that five years I reapplied to the register 
and I went up for a hearing completely unprepared and they gave me the option, um, do you want to go ahead today? You could really do with more preparation or do you want to adjourn and come back having prepared? And that was the day I picked NMC Watch's card off the wall in the waiting room at the NMC. And that was the day I phoned you. And then I rearranged to come back, taking their advice, witnesses, a much better prepared statement. Um, and I took it. I, I, like most nurses, I don't think that I understood the nature of a hearing at the NMC. No one tells us how legal and litigious it is. You just think you're gonna go in front of the panel. And there's, uh, the NMC are not our body. I always thought the NMC were our body. I knew I'd had a hearing, but because we pay the NMC yearly, I somehow had this idea that they would have some of my interests, uh, some of my best interests at heart. But they don't represent their nurses. They're in, in no way on the side of nurses. They're on the side of the public. And if they can drag a nurse over the coals, they're quite happy to do that, whether, whether things have been proven or not. So uh, it's a good job I adjourned and went back. But that's basically, in a nutshell, what happened to me. Thank you. I'm lucky how, I got a chance to you... really prepare and go back. Really. Yeah. How, how did, did you think that the um, restoration hearing differed from your original hearing? other than well, yourself, how you were. It, how did it differ? Well, when I got there, they were obviously prepared to continue talking about me negatively. They had obviously prepared, the, the NMC's representative had obviously prepared then to quote unquote, win another case. Yeah. You know, like uh, it's quite, um, it's, it, the NMC's too adversarial. They don't. They don't. Didn't look at my history, uh, and have a look at what I'd done in the meantime between strike off and my restoration hearing. They had automatically uh, assumed that here's a guy trying to come back to get restored to the register. We need to win this case because that's the legal competitive way we do things, and they were prepared to continue my strike off, having heard nothing. Um, but when I went there, I went there with such a good case and such good witnesses. About half hour in, she knew that um, I was going to get restored and she kind of sat back in her chair a bit and went, well, and she could see the resignation on her face. That, um, so, so, in short, a guy who could have quite easily gone back on the register like I have and gone from strength to strength like I have, could very well have been beaten and just put back on a strike-off for no real reason, without any hearing or... Um, but that's what they do. They're just legal people who want to get the buzz of winning their legal case. That's what solicitors and barristers do. Innocence and guilt, proven or not proven, um, has very little to do with it, I think. So a lot of what Andrea Sutcliffe's talked about recently is making the whole process whether it's fitness to practice or restoration any aspect of the NMC more approachable and more person-centered um, where do you think that falls down where do you think that needs to improve why why does it um, fall down? she's trying she's tr did you say she's trying to make it more fair or 
what, how, what did she person say? Person-centered. She's talking about, you know, obviously having the person in the middle, whether that's right. the person who's referred, the registrant, whether that's the member of the public, um, but, but recognizing the impact that it has right. on the registrant and trying to make it a fairer process, really. Do you think that can actually happen? It's interesting happen that she said that. Person? I mean, I don't... I don't know if you've seen any evidence of that. I can't see, like you just said, I can't see how that would fit into a legal process. I, I can't, honestly. The legal, the legal, legal hearings or pseudo-legal hearings are, like I said, they're adversarial. Um, if, if, if a solicitor is representing someone, they will do their best to win, whether that person's done it or not. Of course, that's their job. And one of one of the difficulties of the hearings at the MNC is they are they are too legal like. Um, I don't know how she'd get person centred into it. I don't know if you've seen any evidence of that. I haven't seen any evidence from what I've seen on MMC Watch. Mm. I haven't seen any difference between the way people are joining MMC Watch now to the way they were joining MMC Watch five or six years ago. They're still joining with the same complaints, the same unfairness, the same um, stories. Uh, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know how she would do that because, uh, how you know, practically speaking, how would a solicitor or a barrister, trainee barrister at the NMC, you give them a legal case to say, right, well, here's your legal case. Um, we, you can choose to lose it if you want to be person-centred. It doesn't make sense mm. that you'd say that to a, mm. Mm. a barrister. No, yeah. It just doesn't no, make I sense. What you're saying. Unless they yeah. change the whole system, lock, stock and barrel, um, it's not going to work. And the, and the weird thing is, is that I've always said, Catherine, is that we as nurses pay them to do this. Yeah. You know, they use our money to attack us. Um, now, don't get me wrong, there are many people who do need to get struck off. I don't have any doubt about that. But everyone who goes in front of the NMC has their lives ruined until they've had their hearing, in preparation for their hearing. So that, for me, means that by, by the time you get in front of the NMC, you're very often at your lowest ebb. Mm where you've lost relationships and houses and jobs and all sorts, and you've had to find another career. And, uh, because, as you know, uh, I mean, I've lost everything before they'd even determined anything on my case. Yeah. You know, relationship, so you, house, all of my life. So there's, a, there's uh, supposedly a lot of work going on behind the scenes to um, revamp reval uh, revalidation revamp uh regulation and look at um bringing all the regulators in line with each other so that they're all working to the same principles etc and probably reducing the numbers of regulators that there are out there in healthcare do you think there needs to be a completely different approach i mean obviously the nmc's responsibility like all the regulators is to the public not to us so what what can be done that fulfills yeah. that but still make sure that the impact is minimised as much as possible on the registrants? Well, I'm, I'm not too sure how, how bodies, regulatory bodies, cross over. I don't know how, I don't know who crosses over 
in their processes and their operations, their systems with the NMC. I don't know who, who would affect that, but certainly, I mean, for me, it's quite simple. The change they have to happen is they have to drop the legal stuff and they have to change where they're funded. Mm. If they're a public body, they should be publicly funded. You know, and no one's really gone about trying to pressure them to for that to that end mm -hmm. for years. Uh, mm -hmm. I don't ever remember anyone saying, "Hang on." You know, when I went in front of the NMC, I was really stupid and, and naive. I thought they were my regulatory body that yeah. somehow they were on my side. You know that they produced produced some research for nurses. They did a few good bits and pieces, but they're nothing to do with us at all. Do you think that's the fault of the regulator or do you think that's the fault of us as, as healthcare professionals not understanding what our regulator does? Well, I think it's the fault of the regulator because they should, you know, we know full well how other bodies work. They have not communicated. I, I think they're, they're more than happy to continue getting funded by us. I have a sneaking feeling that when you add all the registrar all the um, the yearly fees from nurses together, it probably comes to a lot, lot more than what they get funded from the government to do the job. Mm. That's the problem, I think, is that they they know that I don't see any what's the word? I don't see any advantage on the part of the NMC for them to communicate to us, oh, this is we're not on your side. We're on the yeah. side of the public. They're quite happy for us to continue with this feeling that, that they're our body. We're paying them for good reason. They do good things with our money. Um, they don't. They simply don't. It's, it's, quite simple. it's quite straightforward. They produce a little bit of research, but so do universities. They, they, they produce some publications, but they're, they're not anything that anyone else can't produce. That you know, you've seen the hearings and and the money that goes into wow. regulating and fitness to practice. It's ridiculous. The monies these one barristers thing, earn. One yeah. thing that we get um, often told on NMC watches, there doesn't seem to be any accountability by our regulator. You know, we're obviously accountable for everything we do, and we have to justify what we're doing and why, and that we're. Um, following you know our code of practice etc professional behavior but when the NMC make mistakes over cases or the way that they communicate or data breaches things like that there doesn't seem to be any um, accountability as such and um, I'm puzzled as to why that is no. um, and I'm, I'll be interested to know if you've got any yeah, no, they... be monitored better well, they're, they're, obviously, they're, they're not regulated, are they? Or if they are, I don't know how. I mean, you know, you've just kind of said it in a nutshell. They're, they're a law unto themselves, aren't they? Mm. They don't really uh, dance to anyone's tune. I think, over the years, the reason they've become the way we know they've become, me and you, is because they've got no regulation. That, that's how they've ended up in this state, you know. It's really, I, I always find it really strange that it's almost like, this is going to sound odd, but in a roundabout kind of way, it's almost like they don't like nurses very much. You know, it's very strange to say that, isn't it? But it's almost like 
Well, you see, no, it just seems well that their, their systems, they know that their systems are unfair because we've told them. They know that, you know, but, and as you know, Andrea Sutcliffe, you have lots of discussions with her, but then when you, if you sent someone to fitness to practice tomorrow, they would get just as abused and treated unfairly as they would have 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No, it's, I mean, it's if a you lot spoke, of words coming out, but I, I think... If you, sorry to interrupt. If you, if you um, spoke equally to a relative of somebody who's, you know, somebody whose relative had died or a parent whose baby had died the sad, sad events of Morecambe Bay, for example, you know, you'll hear similar themes that the members of the public feel that in, in a lot of cases, their, their, um, uh, queries and concerns aren't being taken seriously by the NMC. Um, so it, it just yeah. it, it just seems that this massive gap <laughs> and um yeah yeah so with yeah, that you know, members got, of the public that, that say the same as us yeah and I, I think that's fair enough I think one of the you've just kind of highlighted one of the problems is there isn't a filter with referrals that go to the NMC that everything every every referral and its dog seems to get through the first process and have to go through a series of hearings. And it would be nice to think that they filtered just the serious incidents, just the nurses who have clearly, clearly done something horribly wrong. Uh, just the nurses, for example, I read on a case, you know, an awful case the other day about a nurse who was um, got arrested for quite serious and horrible offences. It's quite clear that he needs to get struck off. There's no need to go through a hearing. There's no need to spend thousands and thousands and thousands of pounds. There just doesn't seem to be a filter. Right. You know, they don't seem yeah. to, from my point of view, they don't seem to filter out all the ones at the beginning. Those ones with mild reasons to get to fitness to practice processes. So it's the same, it's the same process regardless them. of severity of case. It's the same process and the same length well, of unless you've seen, Unless you've seen any different since, since in the last four or five years, you've had more communication with the NMC. I think that they do apply the same process. And if you were to make a drug error and get referred and someone were to make a drug error but not get referred, have it managed at work, then as long as there wasn't any harm to anyone, the guy who got referred would have his life pretty much ruined for a while. Mm. For something that another guy just got managed at work. I so think that's, that's what I mean. There doesn't seem to be a way of saying, you know, this would get managed at work. Why is this even come in front of us? Yeah. And even when they do say, this has come in front of us, it takes too long for them to get there. You're I mean, we are certainly seeing. We are certainly seeing them pushing back to employers a bit more, um, but obviously the, the the dichotomy is is if they've already received the referral, they've still got to go through the process of investigating it. So whilst they're trying to educate employers to deal with things more in house and then only refer to them when there's still an absolute risk. They're still getting those referrals, um, and in the meantime, having to having to process those. Um, I mean, we are seeing we are seeing cases how, how closed earlier. Them? We are seeing some cases closed earlier. Yeah, what, and how so, yeah, I think that, 
that peer-to-peer -peer support that that we're able to give them is is instrumental i think well we nmc watch we do support people that's true i don't know that anyone else does i think that there's far too many people for just nmc watch to support we support the ones that get through to us there are many that don't um, a lot more than I'm sure that come through. Um, but those ones you're talking about, I think by the time they push back against the employer, there's already been a period of time, yeah. hasn't there? When the person's been referred, when the person's suspended, when the person's managed out, and the nature of nursing, unfortunately, is when there's an incident, all the other nurses in that area sort of go. Yeah. No one wants to say anything. They all want to be quiet. You know, I was, I've got a friend who had an incident. Uh, uh, someone, it was a serious incident. Someone died on the ward and they were mildly involved because they were on shift at the time. Um, it's taken ages for yeah. that person to have a hearing. Yeah. Um, and, and there are, you know, there's, there's too long a time between referral. And now that, the point I was making was that person by the time they got in front of the NMC, the ward manager had played a crucial part in that incident. And by the time it got to the NMC and she got rich, that ward manager had gone off to manage another ward 60 miles away. And is now disappeared. And hasn't been asked for any reports or hasn't been asked to be involved. or And that's kind of what happens. They pinpoint it on someone. And, and it does, you know, I know for a fact from what we read on the site, on the website, NMC Watch, that people get treated unfairly. You know, it might be that there's some improvements, but they're nowhere near enough. Yeah. Going, going back to your sort of experience and your, your experience as a mental health nurse as well, do you think um, the NMC are, are equipped to deal with nurses and midwives who are struggling with um, alcohol or drug dependence? Um, do you think that's an area that they are able no, to... I don't, no, I don't, I don't think they are. I don't think they've got any experience at all in dealing with any kind of health issue. If, if they were an all-rounded, holistic, person-centred... Uh, service or organization they might do because they'd have to consider a number of things but they're not they're illegal it's a legal process so when i when i got struck off there were two routes you could go down there was the i can't remember what one was called there was the health route mm -hmm. and there was anyway another route yeah. i don't think they've got enough experience of dealing with people's ill health and i i've done a couple of articles I've contributed to two articles in the Nursing Times, one about me, one I was involved in, and I've done one in the Nursing Standard. And the statistics for alcoholism and addiction in the nursing profession is astounding. I think it was something I read, I, 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 I'd have to get this figure again, but it's something like four out of 10 or something wow. like that, that, that have got some kind of, who drink excessively or who, or who use, or I've got addiction problems. Mm. Um, and, and, you know, when I was at the NMC for my hearing, I met five people during the course of my visit there in the waiting room, and four of them had alcohol as some part of mm. protagonist, if you like, in their hearing or their referral. One of them had been in front of the NMC two times before as a result of drinking. Mm. 
Um, you know, so no, I don't think they have, they have uh, any way of determining. They're looking at the nurse's actions and not the, not the reasons for the nurse's actions. That's one of the difficulties in, in a legal process. You know, if I got arrested for burglary, the court's not going to wonder and worry if I was drunk or not. They're going to deal with me as a burglar. And that's one of the things they do at the NMC. They don't really have any compassion for nurses. They're dealing with the issue at hand. Um, and you know, you, you've been up to the NMC. They'll very often say, we're not talking about that, we're not talking about that. At this moment, we're talking about this. But when you go for your restoration, you're not allowed to allude to the fact of your strike-off, are you? You've got to concentrate on what you've done today, how you are now, and how you're going to go forward and practice. So you can't bring any mitigation from the past. You can't refer back to any unfairness. They're very good at being focused on what they want to be focused on. And as you can see and hear from my tone, I'm not very, they're not my friends. I don't regard the NMC as my friends. I give them 130 quid a year. I've just given 130 quid for my revalidation. I can't think of any money I spend all year that I'm more resentful about paying than that one. I must admit, it's, um, yeah, I just, I, I just feel let down, I just feel totally let down by that. Yeah. You know, I yeah. watch the, yeah, the people that come through our website. I think I think that's. I watch theme all the people that come to Red and see watch, and I'm thoroughly disappointed mm. with how they treat nurses. Mm. They tend they treat nurses in a way that would get them referred. You know that's the truth of it. It's uh, it's ridiculous. You know that they're dealing with fitness to practice for nurses that are doing less things so than what they're doing to nurses. So if there was a nurse or midwife out there that was struggling with. Um, issues similar to you you'd had what what advice would you give them um the first thing i'd say to them is slow down mm. there's a there's a real um element of panic at the beginning you know when someone gets referred a nurse is watching everyone else involved in that situation disappear nurses are not very good at taking care of themselves doctors are very good at taking care of themselves mm. Doctors will rally together and help each other. Nurses don't do that. Nurses are too scared to get referred. They don't want any part of it and they disappear. It's a period of panic, shock, trauma, and um, when you're just about to work. You know, this is something just, just for nurses that's just applicable to the nursing profession. Being a nurse is our identity. Mm. You know, it's not just our career. I, you'll find nurses who say to you, oh, my name's so-and-so, blah, 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 and they'll always say, I'm a nurse. It's part and parcel. It, it becomes, it gets into our character and who we are. And then you're saying to a person who's already maybe at a low ebb, we're going to take away your whole identity. So it's, it's a really big, bad period of panic. And um, that period, so I'd say to people, slow down first get some advice, come on NMC Watch, get some support, um, come and see the stories of other people, come and listen to what other people say works. You won't know the process until you get there and you're in it. So mm. 
get some support, if you can get some representation, uh, and, and that doesn't always equal money, as you know, uh, get yeah. some representation. Um, we, and, and know we it can be done have, as well, you know? Absolutely. We seem to have quite a large proportion of mental health nurses on our group. Now, I don't know whether that's because they're particularly good at reaching out um, or and asking for help um, or whether it's something else. We also have a fair few male nurses as well on our on our group. Have you got anything to sort of observe about that at all? Well, may, may, you know, if in fairness, maybe there is something about the male character to, uh, you know, maybe that maybe they are a bit more sort of tunnel visioned and a bit more bullshy or a bit more open to being really firm with people. You know, nurses don't get treated very well and maybe a man's more likely to not be as patient. But in terms of the, in terms of the RMN mental health nurse question, um, the patients, I always take, say this joke, I always say, when, when, uh, when RGNs have a patient leave, they get boxes of Quality Street and boxes of Cadbury's Roses. When a patient leaves the care of a mental health nurse, they get the finger because we've restrained them, we've detained them against their will, we've probably held them down and injected them, we've made decisions which are on their basis. We've involved them in the legal framework of the Mental Health Act, so they're dying to get out. By the time they get out, they've been physically healthy for months, so they're not happy with us there's much more likely to be a referral against RMNs than against anybody. That RMNs are a little bit, you know, we work very, very closely with the police. Um, they'll come in, bring someone in a 136 suite, on one, section 136 or 135, we'll come in one door into a cell, we'll be at another door this side, we'll manage them until they're calm, maybe go in and restrain and, and medicate, bring them, slowly bring them onto the ward, um, so we're very, very, we're very, very close with the police, and we work alongside the police. But I think that's one of the main reasons that you get a lot of referrals and a lot of people coming onto the site. I don't think we have a high enough. I don't think we've got an, um, what's the word, an unrepresented level of mental health nurses on the site mm. on NMC Watch. I think there's a large number of RMNs who are referred um, you know it's very easy to like a nurse you know the, the, the history of nurses is they're angels RMNs have never been seen as angels ever you know it's a job for people who've got a very very firm constitution being an RMN you're likely to be you know you're going into you know when, when nurses get attacked on a ward it's there's a zero tolerance in the hospital, it's signs everywhere. It's part and parcel of the job for an RMN that you might get attacked, you might get hit. You're dealing with someone who is very, very unbalanced and mentally unwell. And so you, I think that's the reason we've got a lot of RMNs on NMC watch and a lot get referred. I mean, to but me, the man, to be fair, Sorry. <laughs> to be fair, the man, the male thing plays a part. I'm not commenting. <laughs> well, I just think it does. I just think it doesn't really, you know, males in 
um, you know, uh, if you look at the if you look at the offences in society between females and men, there's a much higher proportion of, of offending in the male population than there is in the female population. Mm. And that, that transcends into policing, firefighters, banking, a any job, you're going to get that representation of society in, in, in the role. Um, you know, how do you know how someone is until they've done something? But... Yeah, I, I think there is a difference between the genders. I think it's um, very easy to fall into a very fashionable way of seeing it and saying there isn't. But there is a difference between the male and female character. I think uh, it would be... Oh, for me... It would be... Um, for me, observing the good. NMC process over the last what is it, uh, since 2017, it kind of just feels it's a bit of a blunt tool that's used and from what you're saying as well, that it's, um, you know, it's the same tool used to assess any case that comes in front of it. And um, for me, for all of the regulatory re review that's happening, I'd want to see a little bit more of a nuanced approach to it, looking at the speciality that that person works in and the particular um, idiosyncrasies about that work. I mean, obviously, when you look at the code of conduct, that's very, it's a very blanket um, measure, if you like. Um, mm. And the legislation around the NMC yeah. is equally very, you know, very measured. You've e it, something's either proven or it isn't proven. But with context, you know, it needs to yeah. consider all these different aspects as well, which I think is perhaps lacking at the moment. Yeah, they, they don't you're right they treat everybody everyone who comes in goes through the same systems and the same the, the same pathway they don't have anywhere that filters people off you know if you if you saw it as um i can't remember what you call them graphs you know the boxes where you say yes or no almost if a triage system like that, then... yeah i mean i work in triage and it's almost yeah some kind of triage like system yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, the thing that yeah, amazes and, and me is... don't, do they? You know, and that's the trouble with the legal process. Mm, yeah. I mean, that's, that's the thing that I've observed and the chap that, Simon, that we work with to represent people. Um, you know, every... We've probably helped on over 30 cases now, but every single case that we've helped on has been different um, and had lots of different type yeah. challenges and lots of different... And it's almost been handled differently um, with the process. Um, but what hasn't been different is that they haven't looked into the specifics of that nurse's work experience, if you like, and uh, working environment insofar as what's nuanced to that that speciality. I mean, it's, they, they don't. And, and when a nurse gets there, they don't have any kind of look into the nurse's background. You know, I think that if we did a measure of how many nurses turn up at the NMC unrepresented at the first stage, you'd find that the number was extremely high because we don't know what the NMC does until we get involved in it. We don't know what they're like. I had no idea that I was basically going into what seems like a criminal court case. I had no idea that when I got there, there'd be a very, very experienced barrister solely focused on getting me struck off mm. and as a point of her being successful. She was not in any way concerned 
whether I could go on to nurse or not. For her, it was win this case or lose this case. Mm. And I don't think nurses are prepared for that going in. That's something that the triage uh, process could help. Part of that triage could say to people, at your first hearing, you have to be represented. Mm. You have to at least have someone, another serious a senior nurse or someone who understands the NMC process. I don't think they should be allowing people to come in front of them on their own with mm. no idea. It's mm. quite a shock to get there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean it's interesting there's a there's a lady but whether that, they'll um, do that or not, I don't know. Yeah. There's a lady that um I supported quite a few years ago. Um, she decided she was going to leave the profession anyway. She got a workable conditions of practice, but she wanted to leave and she didn't want to do nursing anymore. So that was her choice. So she disengaged completely. Um, she's actually gone to a completely, she's still on the group, but she's gone to a diff completely different career and she's in enjoying it and loving it and sadly doesn't particularly miss nurse. Well, I think she does miss nursing, but she's happy with the choice that she's made. Um, I saw on the hearings outcomes yeah. on the NMC register, she had a hearing um, this week and they struck her off. And the the one liner that's on the um, front sheet of the hearing notes is that she wasn't wasn't present and she wasn't represented. And to me, that really saddens yeah. me that just because somebody decides that they're not engaging anymore, they don't get a fair assessment of their risk or ability yeah. to work yeah. that might be completely naive of me um but just because somebody isn't in a place where they can turn up and represent themselves or have themselves yeah. represented that shouldn't negate a fair hearing really no did, did um you know I, I would imagine as well that when people say i've given up i'm not going to turn up i've had enough that those people are struck off Purely because they, they haven't turned up. Yeah. You know, the, I would imagine there are circumstances under which that the, 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 the incident that happened that got them referred mm. is nowhere near um, a strike-off. No. Um, and no. they'll get struck off anyway if you're just not turning up. Yeah. I mean, she, no, it they, was, they, everything they was on her hearing the, notes was, everything that was on her hearing notes was, um, that she, the NMC have received no engagement from her. They've had no evidence of remediation. They've had no da da da. Mm. Well, you know, let's look at why that is. Let's look at what efforts have been made to try and engage with that registrant. Um, you know, the the conditions of practice yeah. was extremely workable a few years ago, and she had had numerous attempts to try and gain work, and basically just gave up because she couldn't. She couldn't get work. Well, you, you've got this thing as well, Catherine, that you, you we both know that, that people give up a lot because of the process takes so long. Um, mm. And a lot of people do leave the nursing profession. But I, there are lots and lots of nurses who have been struck off or lost from nursing because of the length of the process, mm. because of the trauma, um, who wouldn't otherwise be struck off. You know, or, or leave the register. We know that. Um, I mean, in in a way, I suppose I've lost nurse. I've left nursing. I'm still on the register, and I recently revalidated, um, which was a a much easier experience than I thought it was going to be. But 
I'm, I've, I did a couple of jobs since uh, my restoration. I worked as a, a senior staff nurse and then I got a job with children, 12 to 17 year old girls with anorexia. Uh, there was a lot of physical RGN type work involved in that, if you like. I worked alongside a team of RMNs and RGNs, very, very unhealthy young girls, bless them. And then I got a job now, my job is, it's a national role, I work in drug testing. I'm uh, the national ambassador for drug treatment for one of the world's largest pharmaceutical companies. So whilst I use my nursing qualification, because I train nurses, I train social workers, and up and down the country, I'm involved with these nurses who are prescribing. I'm very much in the world of toxicology. I'm not technically, my hours at work would not go towards my revalidation because strictly I'm in the role of a commercial kind of role. Now, I'm not in a commission-based role, um, so it is really kind of, I, I still work uh, towards the code of conduct and the ethical approach nurses take because I have to work alongside nurses. But the point I'm making is I, I've kind of left the nursing profession as well. I'm registered with the bank of my local trust and I haven't done a shift for about two and a half years. Yeah. You know, so and my 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 life has been much less stressful as a result yeah. of that. Yeah. You know, which is really strange. I haven't been in that that fire pit. I haven't had anyone looking over my shoulder if there's a mistake. I haven't had any reason to worry if I go to my seniors and say, look, I think there's been an error here. Mm. Um, mm. You know. So yeah, I mean, there's lots of reasons why people, I shouldn't really feel safer in, a, in another job than I do in nursing. I should feel safe as a nurse. Yeah, but yeah. And I think that's, that's probably quite a, a good point to sort of conclude on as we're heading towards, you know, the, um, strikes that are coming forward you know lots of issues around around why people are striking um but w certainly a, a big key element is that feeling of not feeling safe not feeling safe in the career in the career or in in the no, workplace that they're I, at at the moment well the, the, the incident i referred to recently with my friend there was a serious incident on the ward i was on the ward at that time i was a band four Senior healthcare assessment. I'd finished my fitness to practice course after getting put back on the register. I had to do a return to practice course, so I did that. And whilst I was waiting for my PIN number, they gave me a band four post. Um, they gave me a job on the on the ward that I did my placement on, oh. and um, you know, it, it. I wrote on the computer system. Every time we were understaffed, I went to the computer and I reported that as an incident. We were, we were encouraged to report that as an incident. One day, one of the senior managers came onto the ward and she, she said to me, uh, there's a number of times that you've reported on the system that we're short-staffed uh, as an incident. Do you think that it really is an incident? And I said, well, we've been told to report it as an incident. Uh, but they would have rathered uh, we were short-staffed and shut up about it. Yeah, yeah. And I'm pretty sure a huge amount of the pressure 
on Thursday is, is, is a staffing problem. Um, it's leaving us so pressured, we're worried about mistakes. Mm. Um, it's no surprise to me waiting this to get longer. Because the more pressured you are, the slower you tend to go because you don't want to make mistakes. Um, and I, and I, one, of the, one of the little nuggets I always say to people is one of the major skills for nurses these days is when you've got 20 things to do on a shift and you've only got time to do 10. Yeah. The real skill is what 10 shall I leave for tomorrow? And what 10 can hang over till tomorrow which won't cause me trouble, won't take risks, won't endanger someone's health. Sometimes there's 15 that have to be done, but there's not enough time for you or other people. So you can hand them over, but you've got no real evidence they're gonna get done if you hand them over. Because mm, mm. you don't know how much they've got to do. And, and then they, all these tasks build up as you go forward, like a snowball effect. And that's the nature of nursing. The nature of nursing now is, you won't have time, what things can you get done? You know, that's, that's not how it should work. You should be able to go for a cup of tea if someone gets very, very ill, or you, you go for an up, upsetting uh, incident at work, say someone gets sick, or there's an there's a incident of self-harm, or and something quite traumatising. There's no time to go off and take 10 minutes. Um, so just to summarise, let's um, we'll just start summing up now. Um, if there were three things you could ask the NMC to change about the process currently, what would they be? Oh dear. Oh dear. Oh god. But the thing is they're not little things. Even no, I, I know. realize that they're completely undoable. One of the things would be to take the legal process out of it, make it nurses deciding the cases of nurses. Make it nurses, you know, instead of having a, a nurse representative on the panel, these nurses who get to sit on nursing panels have absolutely no experience in the fitness to process at all. And they're very, um, to me anyway, the ones I've seen are very, you know, twin suit and pearls kind of ladies or men. I don't think there's enough nurses deciding on the cases of nurses. So that's one thing I'd say. Take the legality out of it and put it within the confines of a, you know, make it a, a higher level of the disciplinary process in the health service. That would be what yeah. I'd like. Um, the other thing is, if you're going to refer someone and take them through fitness to practice, provide them with representation, at least initially. And um, the last thing for me would be the way the NMC is funded. Yeah. You know, yeah. you know they say that thing, don't know. The BBC is unique thanks to the way it's funded. That's funded by the public. That's why. Um, I think that that's where the NMC get their money is a problem. Mm. If the NMC got their money from government, we'd know they were not our body. I don't think I'm alone in turning up to the NMC 
and somehow thinking they're going to be somehow sim that they're going to view me within the context of nurses looking at nurses. They don't. They view you within the context of not who you are or what you what you've done well or whatever. They view you in the in the realms of a court case. Um, and you're they're making a determination. Actually, it's worse than it's worse than a court case. In a court case, you don't get anything happen until you're found guilty. Mm. In the MMC, innocent or not, guilty or not, you're dragged through the coals and you lose everything very often. Yeah. And that will have to change. That's the thing yeah, I'll have to change. Absolutely. You should, absolutely. There should not be any consequences for people at all, in any way, shape or form, until the referral has been proven. You know, that, and it's very easy to deal with people who've done major things quickly. Yeah. They know when someone's going to not make it through yeah. the process, when yeah. someone's done something horrendous, they know they're not going to make it. The trouble is they don't determine. So Those just, are the things I change, but they're too big for the MMC to change. <laughs> Well, it's food for thought anyway. You never know. Even if we just get one of those things changed, it would be, it would, we'd be doing well. Um, and from a nurse or midwife's point of view, they've just been referred to the NMC. Um, what three pieces of advice would you get, give them? Um, again, get representation. Phone. Oh. You know, it's a shame we can't get... You know, I, I, I hark back to when you used to have NMC watches cards at the NMC in the waiting rooms and they asked for them to be removed. Do you remember that? Yes, yes, That's I do saying, remember that. There's an organisation here who will help you during this process. And they specifically took it away mm. from the waiting room. Um, so, you know, I can't remember exactly what the question was, but... Um, how would you, if somebody, somebody that's just been referred, how, what would you advise them? Well, yeah, what I'd advise them to do is slow down, uh -huh. get representation and take it far more seriously than you think it's going to be because they take every single case that comes in front of them with the same level of serious and it's up here, the level of seriousness they take it with. Um, so take it quite seriously. It's not you're not going to go there and have three fluffy nurses having a look at what happened. You're going to go there with people who aren't your friends. So be slow down, be prepared, and make sure you've got some kind of representation. You know, if anyone's watching this, do not, in any circumstances, not join NMC Watch. <laughs> make sure you join it and get the support of other nurses because um, I don't know what would have happened if I had NMC watch at the very beginning of my process. I'm not mm. sure. I would certainly not have gone there unprepared. Mm. You know. So that's what I'd say to people. Slow down, be prepared and be represented. Perfect. Thank you so much. Perfect. And, um, and no doubt no we'll, we'll have more discussions in the future as well. That's brilliant. Thank you so much. Yeah. All right. Uh, Just as someone's we'll gone knocking on my door. Okay. Bye.
Okay, so we hope you enjoy listening to us and we'll look forward to hearing your feedback soon. Bye. Thank you.